0: Welcome to the sermon podcast from Free School Court Church in Bridgend. This podcast features sermons from the Bible, which are recorded at our Sunday services each week. To find out more, please visit our website, freeschoolcourt.org.uk, or find us on social media. I'll well, turn with me again in your Bibles to Ruth chapter four, Ruth chapter four. And our theme for this morning is that of redemption. We're thinking this morning about redemption. Redemption is something which features in lots of um, stories and films, isn't it? We see characters in lots of stories and films who have redemptive arcs, who are redeemed as they go through stories. And perhaps um, one of the greatest examples of this, of redemption for us, is in um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where... Um, Edmund has given himself to the White Witch, and Aslan steps in and takes his place there on the stone table. He exchanges himself to set Edmund free an act of redemption for Edmund. And our focus this morning is on this act of redemption that we see in chapter 4, from verses 1 to 12. And the focus of the redemption in this passage is on this A little bit of land that belonged to um, Elimelech, Naomi's uh, now deceased husband. Um, But along with the piece of land goes Naomi and Ruth. They are the object of the redemption. We heard in the previous chapter, in chapter 3, about how Ruth had come to Boaz and asked him to redeem them. And Boaz was committed to ensuring that Ruth is indeed redeemed whether by him or by the other guardian redeemer that is in the picture, this one who is more closely related to Naomi and to Ruth than he is. We saw as, the, um, as chapter 3 came to a conclusion that in verse 18, Naomi assured Ruth that Boaz would, um, would act straight away and he would not rest until the matter was settled even that day. And then we come to verse 1 of chapter 4, and we're told, Meanwhile, so they return from the, th- the threshing floor the next morning, and Ruth goes back to Naomi to tell her all that has happened, and Boaz goes straight away to ensure that this situation is brought to a resolution. True to his word, he wastes no time in ensuring that the matter is taken care of immediately. Straight away, he goes up to the town gate and sits down there, and once again, here we see the hidden hand of God bringing this situation to a resolution. Do you remember the previous coincidence where um, Ruth ended up in Boaz's field and then Boaz just so happens to come along? Well, so it here, is here again in verse 1 of chapter 4. Boaz went up to the town gate and sat down there just as the guardian redeemer he had mentioned came along. Again, God is acting to bring this situation to a resolution. And we see next how Boaz makes arrangements for the the legal proceedings that have to take place to take place. He goes to the town gate which contained in it an area where these kind of legal matters were resolved. The gate area contained somewhere where this kind of thing could take place. And then Boaz goes and collects a group of 10 elders These would have been people who were full citizens of the town of Bethlehem and were qualified to act as witnesses of what was about to take place. And then we see Boaz explaining the situation. Boaz explains the situation, verse 1. Come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Boaz took 10 of the elders of the town and said, Sit here. And they did so. Then he said to the guardian redeemer, Boris has explained the situation. And what seems to have happened is that Elimelech, before he um, left, do you remember right back to the start of Ruth, there was a famine in the land, and Elimelech and Naomi left Bethlehem and went over to Moab. It seems that before they left, before Elimelech left, he handed over the land that he owned to someone else to um, care for it for the duration of his departure. Remember that they probably expected not to be away for that long. But now Naomi has returned and 10 years have gone by. And it's likely that the land was still in use by other people when they returned. And given that it was harvest when they returned, someone else was probably growing their crops on this piece of land as they were within their rights to do. And so Naomi was unable to do anything with this piece of land until harvest had come to a conclusion. But it seems that Naomi has come to a point where she realizes that she has to sell this piece of land so that she can collect the money. Neither her or um, Ruth are in a position where they can work the land themselves and they don't have the resources or the finances to pay someone else to work the land for them. So they come to a point where she has arranged to sell the land on to someone else to get some money so that they can continue to care for themselves. We need to stop at this point, just for a minute, to think about um, the theology of land in the Old Testament. And when it comes down to it, in the Old Testament, for the nation of Israel, the land ultimately belonged to God. As I'm sure many of you know, Lydia and I are in the process of trying to buy a house at the moment, and one of the things that you have to look at when you're thinking about buying a house is whether it's freehold or leasehold. If the house is freehold, then that means you own the house and the piece of land that it's built on. If it's leasehold, then you buy the house and you lease the land for as long as is left on the lease. But then the land reverts back to um, who it is, who actually owns the piece of land. And with the nation of Israel, all the land is leasehold. It's really owned by God. And then God allocated it to different clans and to different families. And so the land belonged to them ultimately it belonged to God. If people got into difficulty, then they were able to sell the land on to someone else. But ultimately, the land would revert back to the family or clan that originally it was given to. Every 50 years, there would be a year of jubilee where all land that had been sold would be given back to the people to whom it was originally given. And another provision in the law was that Um, other family members were able to step in and to buy land for people who had got themselves into difficulty. And this is exactly what we see here in this situation. To save Naomi from selling the land to someone else, a family member can step in and take the land for themselves and with it look after Naomi and Ruth. And that's what this unnamed relative agrees to do. He agrees to redeem the land. He agrees to claim it for himself and to take with it responsibility for Naomi's well-being. However, we see that it is not quite that simple for him. Boaz, in verse 5, reminds him that Ruth is very much still involved in this situation. He says, on the day you buy the land from Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. Along with the land, along with this law which enables someone else to step in and claim the land, Boaz says there's another law in play here. And that is one which involves a near relative raising up a family to maintain the name of the one who has died. And so now this unnamed man is left with two choices. He has two choices. His first choice is that he marries Ruth and raises up children with her. His second choice is that he says no to marrying Ruth, but he still claims the land. But what happens in that situation is that Boaz will marry Ruth and will raise up children with her. And in that case, any child that is born to them will have a legal claim to the land that the other man has redeemed. Either way, there is a risk to this unnamed man's estate. As Ruth's prospective child, whether it's his or whether it's Boaz's, would have a claim to this land and maybe more of his own estate. And we see, don't we, that this man is unwilling to marry Ruth, he's unwilling to count the cost. And so, verse six, he refuses. At this, the guardian redeemer said, "'Then I cannot redeem it, "'because I might endanger my own estate.'" You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. And what happens next? Well, we hardly need to read on, do we? We've seen enough of Boaz in the preceding chapters to know exactly what is going to happen next. Verses 7 to 12, Boaz steps in. We're told, verse 7, now in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. So the guardian redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself, and he removed his sandal. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, today you are witnesses that I have brought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Malon's widow, as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today you are witnesses. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Ephraim and be famous in Bethlehem. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, who Tamar bore to Judah. Baaz steps in, redeems the land, and marries Ruth. So what are we to take from this, this morning? Is all that we can learn from this just that Boaz is a great guy? Well, no, there's so much more going on for us to take for ourselves this morning. Just as lots of stories are about redemption, so lots of stories are about rescue, aren't they? There are so many superhero movies where the world is in danger and one comes to rescue And that is what is going on here. This is a story of rescue. We often think, don't we, of Ruth as a story of romance, a romance story. But more than that, it is a story of rescue. It's a story of rescue. We arrive at this point because Naomi and Ruth are in great need. They have come to take refuge in God. And now God has provided one who can save them through this redemption there are two people in this chapter who are qualified to be redeemers relatives who are able to do what neither ruth or naomi were able to do for themselves to provide them with safety security and rest and a future one is willing the other one is not but one is he is able he is qualified and he is willing to redeem, to bring redemption. Earlier on in the Bible, there's the story of the Exodus, isn't there? About how God redeems his people from slavery in Egypt. And there, a whole nation are redeemed from actual slavery. And here, it's a parcel of land, along with two individuals who are redeemed from slavery to their circumstances. They're stuck In their circumstances there's nothing that they can do to get themselves out of this situation now except rely on boaz to step in and this story speaks to us of a need that each and every one of us have a greater need the need that all of us have to be redeemed and to be rescued to be redeemed and rescued from sin from death and from judgment We all are in slavery to sin. As we've heard this morning, we all miss the mark. We've all missed God's standards, and we're all slaves to missing the mark. No matter what we try, no matter what we do, we cannot hit the mark for ourselves. We'll always, on our own, fall short of God's standards. The Bible is clear that apart from God, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We're slaves to sin. We'll always choose to put ourselves on the throne if we're left to ourselves. And yet praise be to god that he has not left us without a redeemer there is one who is able to step in one who like boaz is qualified to redeem us jesus the god man he is a man so he can stand in our place he is a man so he could live that perfect life which we heard about in perfect relationship with god and yet he's the god man so as he died on the cross God can pour on him the wrath, the judgment for all the sins that all of us will do, have done, and will do. And he can pay the price in our place. He is qualified, he is able, and he was willing. Like Boaz, he was willing to step in, to count the cost, to take it upon himself, to absorb the cost on the cross, and to take our sin that we might go free. In Christ we have a mediator, one who is qualified to stand between God and a sinful humanity and bridge the gap by the offering of himself to bring new life to us by his resurrection for all who trust in him. He is willing and able to redeem, to set free from slavery to sin, from death, from judgment and bring us new life, redemption to new life. For all who trust in him, for all who believe that he was who he said he was, for all who ask him to cover um, to cover them with his wings, just as Ruth did to Boaz on the threshing room floor. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 to 8, in him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace, which he lavished on us this is the gospel we have a redeemer one who brings redemption through his blood brings the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that has been lavished upon us in Christ and so the message is simple this morning repent of sin turn from sin and just believe this message have confidence believe and have confidence in Christ in his redemption in the face of Of uncertainty and isn't that the world that we see around us at the moment in the face of death which is a reality will be a reality for us all we can believe and have confidence in Christ's redemption we can't rescue ourselves we were slaves to our sin we are slaves to our sin if we're not trusting in Christ and yet in Christ we have one who is able and willing to set us free We believe and take confidence in Christ. We are redeemed and this redemption is rescue. We are rescued from sin, from eternal death, from judgment. And instead, we are set free. And while this is a story in Ruth, a story of rescue, not just romance, but rescue, it isn't less than a story of romance. There is romance involved here as well. Both Ruth and Naomi are not rescued and then left to find freedom in some abstract way. They are not left like that, are they? No, they are redeemed to relationship. Ruth is redeemed to a relationship. She is set free from her circumstances and she is um, brought in to a new family situation. Ruth and Naomi are not given a bit of money and left to figure it out on their own. Their redemption was a redemption for relationship, and this is true in the Exodus as well. The people of Israel were set free not for freedom's sake, but so that they could worship God, so they could live in relationship with the true and living God. Ruth and Naomi are redeemed into new relationships that will give them security, that will give them meaning and purpose in their life, and will give them a future. Ruth, as the wife of To Boaz, Naomi as we'll see to foster mother to their future child in this household which now will contain new life. They are redeemed to new relationships which will fill their life with meaning and purpose. And the same is true of us, for us as created beings, for us as people made by God. Freedom can only ever come to us in the context of relationship. For us as humans to be free, we have to be in right relationship with God. That is freedom for us. And why is that freedom for us? Well, it's because that was what we are created for. We were created to have relationship with God. That is our highest purpose. That is the very reason that we are here. And so we only find freedom when we are fulfilling the purpose for which we were made. That's where freedom is found. Not in the absence of rules and restrictions, no, in relationship with God. That is where freedom will be found. We're told, aren't we? And kids, you'll find this as you grow up. People tell you that you will find freedom by being the people that you want to be, by um, finding something that makes you happy. That's where freedom is found. Don't believe it. Believe that you were made to know God. And know that that is where freedom, and with it happiness, is found. In knowing God. In being in right relationship with him. The reason that we find this story of Ruth so compelling, so powerful, I think, is because this story is a faint echo of the greater story that is reality. This story is so compelling because it speaks to us all on a spiritual level of the story of reality we are a people aren't we who have wandered far from God we are a people who are stuck in our situations and yet a redeemer has been um, a way for a redeemer has been made for us one who brings us into relationship with himself that is the story that we are all living whether we're still um, out of right relationship with God or whether we are in right relationship with God. This is the reality that we are living in through Christ. We can be redeemed by God, saved from death and judgment to know him, to know the reason that we were created. And here in that relationship is meaning, is true freedom and is life itself. The Bible is clear, isn't it, that life is knowing God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. That is true life. That is where true life is found, in knowing God through Christ and being in right relationship with him. We're redeemed by Christ, by Jesus, into intimate relationship with him and to be with him, children of God the Father. We have intimacy, union with Christ, and with it, we have this adoption by God the Father. We have relationships. Salvation is full of relationship. That is what salvation is, is relationship with God. And so this morning, do you long for the kind of relationship that Ruth speaks of? Because it speaks to us of our greater spiritual need to be in right relationship with God. And this is a relationship that we can all know whether we are married happily, whether we are lonely, whether we are single, whether we are happily single or unhappily single, whether we're widowed, widower, whether we're divorced, whatever our circumstances, this relationship, this right relationship with God is open to us, is held out to us in Christ, a relationship that brings life and meaning and purpose with it. And that still sounds a little bit abstract, doesn't it? And it can be hard. It's non-tangible often in the pain of loneliness and bereavement. That's hard to hear sometimes. But we're also redeemed into a community. We're redeemed into relationship with God. And we're redeemed into a community for one another. We see this here in our passage The reason that Boaz gives for this act of redemption is not that he wants to rescue Ruth and Naomi, although that of course is true. That is not the reason that he gives. The reason that Boaz gives is not that he wants to start a relationship with Ruth. Again, true though that is. That is not the reason that he gives. We see in verse 5 and again in verse 10, Boaz explains the reason why he is doing this. He says that he's doing it, so that Malon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. The reason that Boaz gives for this act of redemption is so that he can maintain the name of the family, so that he can rebuild the family on their little piece of property. That this family would not die out with Elimelech, Malon, or with Naomi. But instead, through Boaz and through Ruth, this family would live on. And it worked, didn't it? We're still speaking about them this morning. The name has lived on. We mentioned their names this morning because of Boaz. The name of this family lives on. And a new family was created through Ruth and Boaz. And again, this applies to us. Through the family that Boaz would rebuild comes one who rebuilds a family of his own. And more than that, he makes a new humanity. You see, way back at the beginning of time, there were Adam and Eve created, as we've spoken about, to no relationship with God. That was the reason that they were created. And yet they turned from him. They rejected him and they were cursed. They faced punishment and death. There was a risk there that humanity was gonna die out forever and be forgotten about. And yet, in Christ, the second Adam comes and a new humanity is created. A new humanity is rebuilt through him, through all Christians. We are redeemed to rebuild a new humanity in Christ. A new humanity that is forgiven and restored to right relationship with God. Restored for the reason that we were created. To be the inheritance of Jesus and with him to be co-heirs of the world to come. And God uses us in this process as well. It's Jesus Christ who saves, but he uses us to maintain his name and to make his name known while here on earth, to continue this process of building this new humanity. When we were redeemed, we are rescued, and we are rescued for relationship. And as we are rescued for relationship, we take our place in God's family, in this new humanity. And this new ha- in this new humanity, we're given to each other that the lonely might find a home with us, that we might be a family to those without, that those who lack might be filled through us, just as um, Naomi and Ruth were through Boaz, and his influence. Christianity can mean saying no to a lot, can't it? There, are, there is a way that we are given to live, and that means saying no to things that, humanly speaking, we might want, but God gives to us abundantly, doesn't he? Jesus said, there is not one who has forsaken mother or brother, and so he goes on, who will not receive a hundredfold in this life, and eternal life in the life to come we're saved to maintain his name, to be Christians. That's why we're called Christians, to maintain the name of Christ, who has created in himself a new humanity, and to share this with others, to speak to others of him, of the Redeemer, of the one who was able and willing to step in and set us free from slavery to our sins. This problem that everyone who lives suffers from, as we heard this morning. We have a chance to speak of him to others, of the redemption, of the relationship, of the rescue that is found in and through Christ. And we have lots of opportunities, don't we, coming up over the next few weeks to speak of Christ to those around us, to those who we know and to those who we don't know through leaflets and all of those kind of things. We can speak of him, the one who has rescued and brought us into relationship with him to rebuild a new humanity in Christ, the one who brings redemption from sin, from death and judgment, by rescuing us into relationship. Amen.